surprise guest. Do you want to introduce the guest, Camden? Yeah, absolutely. We have Keith from Hobby Time with Dirk Nashty. Excellent tagline, by the way, Dirk Nashty. I love that. So, Keith, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for having me. I'm excited. We know uh, Keith a little bit from... Uh, we're all kind of under the umbrella of the pod father, Gary, uh, of <laughs> Hoops and Cards. Uh, so we know him from the Discord group, and uh, he does some really thoughtful analyses of data and stuff. So I've always been interested in his posts. And then when I heard he had a podcast, we thought, let's use our vast network of fans to promote his uh, podcast. Yeah, well, thanks for that. Uh, I, I've had a great time chatting with you guys also on the Discord. You know, I, I think your podcast does a lot of stuff that I really connect with, especially the on the budget part. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, that's definitely basketball cards on the budget. That's right. So, Keith, I'd like to ask you a little bit about how your podcast came to be, Hobby Time with Dirk Nashty. How did you decide to start a podcast, and uh, how's it going so far? Yeah, so I... I didn't really have plans to, to start a podcast. I actually started talking with some of my buddies about, you know, just doing a small, like, fantasy football podcast for our, our fantasy football league. No one wanted to do it with me. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, as I went deeper into the sports card thing and, I've, I, and I, you know, do some, some NFT trading and everything as well, I, I, do, I find that I do a lot of research, essentially, for myself. And rather than spend time, like, being the guy in, in discord and chats and stuff constantly bombarding people with data and everything i thought maybe i would just share that on, on a podcast so with gary's encouragement from hoops and cards i just decided to start recording one day and that's that's kind of how i got started now that's that's awesome you know to be honest with you when i first started thinking about a podcast fantasy basketball was one of my options that i had been thinking about as well although nathaniel has no memory of this I have a vague memory of it, but I think I, I knew little enough about fantasy basketball to knew I, know I wouldn't be very helpful with that. <laughs> so I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast so far. You do some data analysis that I, I wish I knew how to wrap my mind around. What's your, do you have a background with that kind of stuff? Or how do you, because you seem just really adept with using statistics and, and compiling statistics. Yeah, yeah. So in my in my day job, I'm, we'll just say I'm an analyst, right, by, by trade. And that's what I've done for the past 14 years or so. So data, statistics, stuff like that is all, it's just second nature, I guess, to me. It's, it's something that I enjoy doing. And everything I talk about on my podcast and everything I talk about in chats and Discord are things that I'm doing on my own already anyway, just essentially for fun. <laughs> so that's that's what I enjoy doing. So, so yeah, I mean, that's awesome. how, I, how I got started with that. That's cool. And I know you talked about this on a recent podcast, but for our listeners' sake, what are some of your favorite sites you go to to, to find the data you use? Well, th there's several. For, for <laughs> NBA stats especially, I mean, there's several that, that are really good. The one I use the most for sure is Basketball Reference. It, it doesn't have necessarily, like, if you're talking about all-in-one stats, you know, like uh, box plus minus or, you know, any of those kinds of one number statistics it, it, uh -huh. there people can argue that there's better ones out there and there probably are but basketball reference to me has all of the stuff that i want at least all the stuff that i need maybe not everything that i would want but all the stuff that i need to kind of get a good idea of what i what i'm looking for whether that's you know per 36 metrics or shot location stuff you know how, how often are they shooting between zero and three feet and three to ten feet 
even the number of field goals assisted and stuff like that. And and it's also really clean. Data tables are nice and easy. There's not a bunch of clutter on the screen. So I use basketball reference as my primary site. So when you're going to analyze a player, what are the stats that are the most intriguing to you? Uh, and can you talk a little bit about your process of data analysis with basketball reference? Yeah, so th there's several that are intriguing. I mean, I try to do more than just look at, you know, what their percentages are and points per game or, or whatever. Like, for instance, one, one that I was looking at recently, I was comparing rookies this year to rookie seasons of other prominent players, right? So, like, mm -hmm. you know, comparing Trey Mann to, say, Chris Paul, his rookie year. And something that really stuck out to me was, like, assist rate for guards especially is a pretty solid indicator of, of people who can be those upper echelon, you know, all NBA type players, as well as free throw rate. And I don't hmm. think a lot of people are talking about like how yeah. often players get to get to the free throw line. It, most of the time when you hear people talk about, you know, NBA stats. So it's probably more of a, it's not something that you're going to say, oh yeah, if he gets to the line a lot, he's a great player. But it, it might be more predictive of like the kind of career that they have. And maybe it's indi indicative of like their basketball mind and knowledge and like using using the space on the floor right to to put themselves in situations to make a shot or be, or be fouled so like those are a couple that i really like i also mentioned the shot location stuff i think it's really interesting to see how often a player is getting to the rim and how well they finish when they get there um, versus say taking long twos and and stuff like that so those are a few things that i use uh quite a bit actually to kind of get an idea of what type of player that that person is Wow, that's really helpful. We're yeah, kind of a definitely. points per game and at deepest true shooting percentage sort of podcast. So this is helpful to uh, have some idea where to go to deepen our statistical analysis a little bit. You know, in a nine cat uh, fantasy league, uh, there's nine categories. And so I have trained myself to with my fantasy basketball interest to really look at those nine categories pretty quickly and basketball mm -hmm. reference and and uh, sort of dig into those a little bit just to see what kind of player they are. But yeah, the assist rate and those kinds of things, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah sure. you know, I haven't played much fantasy basketball, but, or at least not in the several years, but I remember doing the, the same thing. And uh, I think in most cases, it's, that's like, even for like looking at cards and stuff, that's perfectly fine. If, when you really boil it down, I mean, the guys that score a lot are the guys whose cards are popular <laughs> for the most part, right? Right. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, or or you know I don't have anything. Uh, I I don't know when I'm when I'm just trying to think of who I might want to spend money in, especially if I'm prospecting. I wanna I wanna try to figure out from the statistics if there's anything else beyond the kind of beyond the points the per normal game. box score number. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that that I can look at. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense with young players. Let's transition. We uh, fortuitously Keith is a Mavericks fan, so that. Uh, is pretty timely right now. We're recording Friday morning before game two, so it, it often takes us a few days to get this posted, so don't judge our opinions at this point. But uh, we've just had game one so far, but we're going to talk about the Mavericks and a little bit about the Mavericks Warriors. Well, nobody wants to talk about game one if they're a Mavericks fan. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a little rough. It didn't look very good. That being said, haven't they... I mean, they kind of have started all this series a little slow, haven't they, so far? They've lost the first game in, in every series so far, and I heard yesterday that only one team ever has won a championship and lost the first game of all three series leading up to it, and that was last wow. year's Bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. 
it does seem like they kind of figure things out. It, it reminds me a little bit of Ty Lue with the Clippers, how they sort of hone in on what makes sense for them to do in a matchup as the series goes along. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I mean, kid, his adjustments are actually kind of small and nuanced, but they but they make a difference. Like, it's not like he's just, you know, throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall. It's like making a small adjustment here and a small adjustment there. And it seems to kind of build on each other and, and so far has worked out. So let's, I, I don't really want to do this as a Chris Paul truther, but uh, <laughs> let's, uh, and our uh, last podcast is not looking very timely at this point as we're talking about, will Chris Paul move up the point guard rankings if he wins a ring? So, and then he lost. Uh, yeah, we may need to revise him down, but in any case, uh, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about the Suns series? Well, I mean, as a Mavericks fan, right, like the, the end of the series was incredible. After the first two games, I was really worried. I mean, the Suns were the best team in the league this year, best record. Chris Paul just punished Luka in, in that game two, right, where he went after him. I think it was like 15 times or something like that in the third quarter, one-on-one. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Suns, they're really good. I, I'm going to be really interested to see what they do with, uh, with Aiden this, this offseason. Yeah. 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 He was up for a max contract, and that seems like almost out of the question at this point. I heard a trade suggestion that I was intrigued by today. We'll move on to the Mavs, but DeAndre Ayton for Miles Turner and their seventh or ninth pick, whatever it is the Pacers have, I, like a sign and trade. I think that kind of makes a lot of sense for both teams. Yeah. I think, I think it might. It, it would also kind of create some, some additional space for Paul and, and Booker because. I mean, Turner can, can stretch it out pretty yeah, well, he can I stretch think. This, he can stretch yeah. the floor, so yeah. And I think Aiton's a good defender, but Miles, Turner's is probably, Miles Turner is probably a better defender. So, yeah. Anyway, let's, since he we got you here. He doesn't we'll, rebound as well, but. No, that's true. What are your thoughts on the, where do you think things go with Golden State? Are you feeling optimistic despite game one? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, no. optimistic wouldn't probably be the right word. But, but I would say I'm not all that w- concerned necessarily either. I'm really interested to see what they do tonight. I um, really I really could not believe – I don't know what they did to get inside of everybody's head on the Suns, but just the way that last game was such a one-sided blowout. And Luca didn't have to do all that much in the second half because he'd already done it all in the first half. Completely demoralized them. It was amazing. You know, it almost made me think that there was, and you kind of heard some of it in the post-game press conferences and, and stuff. Like it, it seemed like maybe there was a little bit more, I guess, internal strife in the Suns than than anyone really knew. Yeah. Because it almost seemed like it was internal. It wasn't like, mm. I mean, obviously the Mavs played well, and I, you know, I think deserved to win the series. But, but yeah, that last game didn't. I don't think it was the Mavs that did that to him. It seemed like it was the Suns that kind of did it to themselves. Interesting. I yeah. don't know if I've heard that take necessarily, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Going into this series, I sort of was feeling like the Mavericks were actually the favorite despite the betting lines, but obviously with game one now in the Warriors' hands, that's, you know, I wouldn't make that bet necessarily, but I still I still feel like the Mavericks are have a really good chance to beat this Warriors team. We'll see what happens, but yeah, I still think you've got a big chance of seeing your team proceed. Well, you know, they, they say, uh, you know, series don't really start right until the, a, a road team wins. Yeah, I, I definitely think the Mavericks still have a good chance. You don't want to go home or come back in Game Three down down 0-2, but 
until until someone wins on someone else's home court, I, I think we've got a good shot. Yeah, and everything we've seen from the Warriors so far, if they're if they have an advantage, they will let down and let you back into it. So, uh, <laughs> so I I think there's a chance there. Do you have a? I assume you would prefer if the Mavericks were to make it. Let's conjecture that. Would you prefer to play Miami? I assume. Yeah, I think so. I mean, both Miami and Boston, ha- you know, have great defenses, but I think I'd prefer to, to see Miami. Just the Mavericks are really an isolation team. You know, they try to find a mismatch and go for it, and I think Miami just has more players that they can do that on, whether it's Hero or Gabe Benson or Duncan Robinson or whoever it is, right? They, they can at least find a few mismatches here and there and, and try to attack them, at least for more sure. so than Boston, I think. For sure, yeah. All right, let's, uh, since we're running out of time here, let's transition a little bit to basketball cards since that is supposedly <laughs> our thing here. Um, I was chatting with you the other day, and it's a kind of a strange team because in a lot of ways it's one player in terms of basketball cards. We'll, we'll talk about some other guys, but really it's it's largely Luka Doncic in, in terms of the hobby. So I don't know. What, uh, let's talk about Luka first, and then we'll see if there's anyone else you think is investable. What are your, what are your thoughts on him and his prices? Well, his prices are really high. I mean, and I think they're going up now that he's starting to have a little bit of success after a couple of years of the narrative being he can't win or hasn't won in the playoffs. So I, I think the prices are really high. Like, I, I've got a few Lucas, and I'm not really buying any any others, especially not right now, like during the playoff run. But uh, if, you win, if we win, then it, they may just become unattainable for, for me, at least the, the bigger ones. Yeah. Yeah, I sort of feel like probably should have bought a bunch of him a month ago or so, but yeah. the, too little, too late. Do you yeah, have if, if you if you had a card that you could get? That's I mean, obviously not like a National Treasures or something, but a attainable level sort of card. What what would you like to get of Luca? Well, I've got a I've got a green prism that's that's really nice and clean. I, I w- but I don't have an auto. And I, I don't know that I would even have much of a preference on one, but I would love a rookie auto of, of Luca if I could if I could find one uh, for a yeah. decent price. What's the deal with his autograph, by the way? Why does it say Lulu? <laughs> well, I don't know. There's you know there's been rumors that his mom was signing some uh, <laughs> early on and all kinds of stuff. I, I really don't know how Lulu became uh, became the the signature, but yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I wish I had an answer for that. Okay, it's distinct for sure. Do you have a under the radar rookie of him that you you think is a good buy? I, I don't know that there's too much under the radar. I mean, I like the optic. I like the optic rookie. It's pretty nice. But um, I, you know, I don't think there's anything really under the radar for for Luca at this point. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Camden, you want to ask about some of these other guys on the Mavericks? Yeah, uh, thoughts on investing in somebody like Jalen Brunson? Is that something that you like to do? And is that something you'd recommend to other people to do? Well, I, I actually bought a whole bunch of Jalen Brunson last summer and then early in the early in the season this year, just because my thought was if the Mavericks do well in the playoffs, Brunson will be a big part of it. And I think we've seen that be true. Uh, but I also sold most of it, except for a few pieces I wanted to keep in the first round, actually, when he had his 40-point game uh, against the Jazz. I really don't know that I would suggest like if, I mean it's still the prices are still pretty low and I don't know that I would suggest investing a ton a ton in Jalen Brunson just because I think his role at least on the Mavericks second ball handler creator I don't know that he'll be a 20 point per game scorer or anything like that 
Now, if he ends up leaving, he's an unrestricted free agent this offseason, and if he ends up leaving and gets getting a starting role running the team somewhere else, whether that's the Knicks or the Pacers or, or wherever, then I think that might be interesting because I think he could bump his scoring average up if he has like full reign of a of a team. I just don't know how good that team will will be. How how likely do you think it is that he will leave after such a great run this year? I, I think it's probably unlikely. It's, I think it's more likely than not that he stays, maybe significantly so. All accounts, at least here in Dallas, are that Jalen loves being here. He's a great teammate. Uh, kind of is happy to to kind of play the role that that he's in. And just wants to win, so I, I think he. I think it's more likely than not that he's back. Um, but there's definitely a possibility. I mean, un, unrestricted free agent can can do anything. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, is there anyone else on the Mavericks that you think is a kind of a long shot sports cards uh, purchase, like a Josh Green, Josh Green, a Dorian Finney-Smith? Any of those guys you think have a hobby viability? Yeah, it's the Mavericks, the Mavericks are really interesting. I mean, Josh Green and, and Luca and Jalen are really kind of our only players under 25 or so. I think Jalen's 25, Luca's 23, and Josh Green is 21 or two. But you know, Green has lost playing time this this uh, postseason to Frank Nilakina, which is not a great sign in terms of <laughs> his card market. <laughs> it's really and not. Uh, <laughs> the other guys on the team, right, like Maxi Kleba and Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway, like all of those guys are 29 or 30 years old. And I, I don't see a situation where any of their card mar- markets pop off either. So Josh Green is kind of the only other guy. And if if he doesn't improve his shooting, essentially, then then he'll just he'll just never make it. And so far that in two seasons that hasn't happened. Yeah. So what about some uh, classic Mavericks? You've got the the handle of Dirk Nashty, which I appreciate. And in my head, you're still your name is Dirk Nashty, actually. But <laughs> I'll allow for Keith. Uh, uh, I also was thinking today: should it become Dirk Nash Stitch? Can can we get the Doncic in there? Okay. But anyway, yeah, like just that. a thought. What? A, <laughs> so, any thoughts on sports cards of uh, Dirk or Nash or even Jason Kidd? Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I just bought a, uh, a like a cheap Steve Nash rookie. I don't, you know, I wish it was in a in a Mavs uniform, but his rookie season was with the Suns. Dirk's Dirk's rookies are pretty cheap, you know, the '98 tops. And the the thing about Dirk's rookies, all of them are in really strange poses. <laughs> if you think <laughs> about Dirk, and then you go look at his rookie cards, they just almost look nothing alike, and the poses are weird. They like the cards are not nice looking cards per se. But I've got a, I've got a few Dirk rookies that I that I really like. I'd love to get into uh, like. Tops Chrome Refractor or something like that, but that's uh, one oh, of the yeah. only one of the only ones that are really pretty highly priced. Yeah. What about the? I like the SP Authentic. I think that one's serial numbered. It's some massive number, but still, I like that yeah, one. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, I've got a SPX Finite of him. That's probably one of the most awkward shots I've ever seen. It's like they took a yearbook photo from Germany or something and just slapped it on a <laughs> card. It's a uh, kind of ridiculous looking. Yeah, they're they're all rough. Yeah, they really are. I like the 94 Kid Finest, but you're lucky to find one that's not bright green at this point is the downside. With all the hulking. Such a shame with that set because it's a really cool set. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Nathaniel taught me that word, so now I have to use it as much as possible, hulking. Hulking, Hulking, I know. (laughs) I love that term. 
I wonder when that stopped. I I need to look that up because at some point, like even up to, I think, 99, Topps Chrome still does that. But I think there's some point where they figured out what they were doing wrong, but I'm not sure where it is. Um, Anyway, we were going to also talk to Keith about NFTs because we are absolute uh, idiots in that regard. (laughs) And uh, Keith uh, knows a lot about it. So maybe we'll have to have him back on, but we're running out of time for today's episode. Yeah, so well, Keith, we'll have to get you back on here, hopefully before too long, and to talk about NFTs. But uh, in the meantime, thank you for being here. This was uh, a lot of fun talking about the Mavs and and uh, your process with data analytics and your podcast. Before we let you go, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me on, on Twitter at Dirk Nashty. That's N-A-S-H-T-Y, Nashty. And you can always check out my podcast called Hobby Time with Dirk Nashty. And I would love to, to hear from everybody. And thanks, thanks a lot for having me on the, the show. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Absolutely. Thanks for being yeah, here. It was fun. And you can all email us at nashackindex at gmail.com or, or send carrier pigeons, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> we accept all forms of uh, 18th century Earth. communication. Any early 1990s or prior <laughs> communication, that's what we're capable of. Faxes? I mean, uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here again, uh, Dirk Nashty slash Keith. And uh, we'll have to catch up with you soon about some NFT uh, knowledge that you can impart. I'd love to do it. Thank you very much. Right, have a good week, everyone. Thank you.